fuck great America There's still a chance for hope Upgrade America There's power within the vote Upgrade America Make sure you tell your folks What's up world? And all my upgraders Hope you're enjoying life staying corona free I'm Cameron Ra Host and executive producer of Upgrade America, the greatest show on earth. I'm pleased to be joined with my dear friend and battle buddy and co-host and audio producer, CJ the Day Slayer. I froze up on him. It's okay, we're gonna keep on rolling. Alright, cool. Let me see if I can plug out and plug back in. But you'll talk to me, CJ. How's it like down in Orlando? Yo, it's good. It's still sunny. Uh, it's been nice. You know, been feeling the effects of this pandemic. Okay. Um, just economy-wise, so so to speak. And I don't know. It's weird with people. It's like fifty-fifty. Some people kind of like, and then some people are just like normal. So it just all depends. But now, did you um, have to commit any atrocities to obtain toilet paper? <laughs> no. Uh, I'm pretty good on toilet paper, actually. With conjunction of wet wipes, you don't have to use as much toilet paper. You don't have any idea what I had to go through to obtain this. Mm. I don't even want. I don't even want to talk about it. Um, nah, I'm kidding. It's not that bad, but it is. Um, there are places where it's sold out of toilet paper. They're sold out of. Like the meat section in Walmart, totally sold out, man. Wow. It was, uh, I got some footage of that, we'll put it up, but it, <laughs> it is strange seeing how people are reacting to this. Yeah. Um, want to thank our new listeners. Oh, uh, yeah. New Zealand on the map. We got uh, Sweden, Norway, and France. I think those are the last four new listeners. So we appreciate you, new upgraders, joining the movement. True. Also, we're going to get this thing up on SoundCloud. So rock out with that soon. I'll oh, be yeah. Yo, congrats, CJ, for, for yeah. that endeavor. I know you're putting in a lot of work getting this spun up on there. We have yet another platform, SoundCloud. And also the Upgrade America soundtrack is on SoundCloud too, but it's on a separate account. Those two together. We sure will. Um, thank you guys for all the support. We already get some activity on there, so that's very promising. Um, yeah. Once it's complete, start pushing the links and all that good stuff, so y'all be able to get it everywhere, damn near. So, yeah, that's the latest updates with us. Yeah, you know we're progressing this thing, just building it up from the ground up, and it's only getting better. The greatest show on earth is only getting better. But um, so today what we're talking about, um, I guess I got to remind you guys, uh, the Upgrade America store, it is pending. There are some hoops that I got to jump through with my buddy Jeff Bezos over there at Amazon. But once it's up and running, the stores will, you know, um, you can be able to get the hoodies and everything. Right now I can do premium hoodies for you and I can do uh, some t-shirts as well. It's just, just because we're not quite partnered with Amazon. It's going to take a bit longer with the shipping. But uh, DM me for details. You know, we're flexible. We make it work. Um, 
We're going to be reviewing Disney Pixar movie called Soul. Very awesome flick. I'm very excited to, to discuss this with CJ. Um, you're going to be covering sports and you can um, let us know what, uh, what are you going to be talking about today for sports. Uh, for sports, we're going to just talk about how this is affecting the sports landscape, even internationally. Um, so that's why I'm going to run down a quick list of what has been affected, major sporting events, leagues, all that good stuff. And this is, I mean, to me, it seems unprecedented. I, I, mm-hmm. I haven't experienced something like this before. And while everyone's cr- attention is focused on the coronavirus, there are 10. 10 very significant events that um i don't want to say they're being swept under the rug but we're we're not really they're not getting the 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 media press they deserve because of this virus so we're going to speculate on how this could impact the election like in the event we can't have elections like does trump just stay president like how does that work um, CJ, you mentioned that uh, we're going to be discussing the bias of independent candidates. What do you mean? Yeah, by that? I wanted to talk about the hurdles that independent candidates and voters have to go through to participate in the democratic process. Like it's very overlooked. Don't get me started. I will. Uh, <laughs> I'll rant all day about that as I am independently running for president. Absolutely. America, Cameron Rod twenty twenty. But um, what else we got on the agenda? We want to discuss a little bit about passive income and also, you know, second jobs in, in the 21st century. It seems that you can't survive and get by on just one source of income. Yeah, um, true. So in addition to that, we've got to talk about Social Security and what are we going to do with all these old people? Yeah. And of course, uh, the oil wars with Saudi Arabia and in Russia, like I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's uh, some some conflict going on, financial conflicts with you know with the ruling structures of, of or ruling powers of oil, OPEC and whatnot. And then um, we want to discuss an upgrade America concept from from the book, from the handbook called the Life Force, and how it could be used in a situation like what we're facing with the coronavirus. Also, we got another concept. We'll, we're not going to reveal it until we get to that topic. And we'll see what you guys think about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> we, got, uh, we got that. We got that on uh, top secret. But yeah. so you got any opening marks before we dive into this? No, I'm, I'm hoping everybody's been safe, trying to keep your mentals and your spirit you know, in a good place, uh, reaching out to your families, making sure everything is good. Um, just, I think actually, and I've heard people say this too, this is a good time for the world to be on pause. Just taking a break, taking a breath, like everybody at the same time. So I think that's fascinating. Like how you put that, and, and I agree with you to an extent, and it does make you, uh, you know, want to spend time with you know precious loved ones and, and and things and just be grateful to be alive now and, and today yeah so getting since we're getting all deep and you know that let's go even deeper with this new yeah. movie coming out called soul ready 
thought I was ready, but seems I have lost the link. <laughs> Give me How that. I get my laptop and then now you all out of sorts. <laughs> Yeah, it always seems to be uh, some yeah. balances, right? Yeah, one or the other, man. It's, I was just laughing about that. Well, I think I want to upgrade my laptop too. I'm, I'm open. I, I mean, I really like Mac. Oops, I jumped into that a bit prematurely. Let me run that back. I like Mac, but um, I don't know. I'm kind of open to explore a Windows option. What? Well, don't get me wrong. I got a Windows machine. I use Windows to do for my crypto bot and things of that nature. But um, I suppose you got to be well rounded with the tech. So oh. you got the trailer on deck. Yeah. Outstanding. Let's fire away. All right. Okay. So my man fell and now he's blue. What Look like Casper. Place? It's somewhat, name, but it's like the I'm astral Joel. plane or I something. Middle school band. Cut it, go for it. Hmm. So face in New York City. Is it New York or shit? It looked like Chicago. Was it Chicago? I could be wrong. Yes. The skyline looked very Manhattan. You know what say? Yeah, it's one up. <laughs> I did it. I got the gig. Ooh. Ooh. That's a messed up way to go out. Just like that. It's gone. I probably would react like that too. And I and I and I wonder how I would react in such a situation, you know, where we're brave defenders and all, but traveling out of this life to Africa. Is this heaven? No. It's the great before. This is where new souls get their personalities, wow. quirks, and interests before they go to Earth. Meet now I've heard you say before too. To Stop fighting this. I don't wanna. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, look, I already know everything about Earth, and it's I definitely don't want anything to do Yeah, that looks like uh, that looks like Chicago for some reason. You think it's Chicago? I can't smell. Yeah, I've, I've been, I can't we can't. Say. We can't taste it. Nice. All that stuff is in your body. I'm talking to you. No I haven't smell, gone to the no south side because I don't know anybody there. See? If I knew somebody, I would go. Okay, I get it. Okay, Jimmy Fox is in here. Is all this Keep living really worth dying for? You're still alive? Can you help me get back? No wow. way! This was interesting. What are we waiting for? Wait, He's trying to get back. Ooh, that time I had a dream like that, man. Oh, yeah? Falling through a little purple tunnel what is like it? that. This is funny, though. I can see the humor in there. But it's like, I like how they're trying to explain uh, life and death, spirituality to, you know, to children. That's true. But, um, That's true with that. Well, yeah, that was dope. Um... The trailer I seen in the theaters was a bit different. Oh, okay. I think this one still did justice, and it's something I'm gonna go see uh, with my lady and, and her daughter. You know. I gotta, I gotta see Bloodshot. I might go see that after this. See what? Bloodshot. If the movie, oh, and I haven't yeah. even thought about it. It is out now. Yeah, that came out Friday, I believe. 
Yeah, the trailer we reviewed last week is the same pretty compelling. Yeah, I just want to know how the ending goes. Like, how the ending. I'm really curious about the ending. I'm finding myself more curious about the endings of movies now. Okay. I don't know. Do you ever think they could make shorter movies? Do you think they can make shorter movies? Yeah. But you're talking about major motion pictures. Like, condensing a major motion picture into, like, 25 minutes. Getting the whole gist of it. So, like, they do books now. Cause they I do guess books. you could say like that. Like, abridged. Yeah. Just... Huh. I, you know what? They kind of do that on YouTube anyway. Hmm. If you really think about it. Like, these people that review movies and... That's kind of what they've been doing to a degree. Yeah, but I'm like... Do I really want to dedicate three hours to the latest Star Wars? Or can mm-hmm. I get like boom, condensed into like 30 minutes? That would be cool. That's a good question. That's that's an interesting I'm just saying, market, eventually we're gonna we're gonna spend in the entertainment and I think that's something that we should experiment with. You know, you got your how about you give us an update on your um what is it? What's oh, five like graph? Yeah, yeah. I haven't done shit. but i got it um i do want to what what is cool about them is they sent links um emails on how to use it like step by step so i definitely got to read through it's a lot of reading before i start um i did not know how depth this is i already got the concepts in my head but to put it down on paper in a formatted way that is digestible for producers or whoever would pick it up is gonna be the challenge for me. Well, the hardest part is starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might as well just start it, even if you don't want to push it. Um, oh, I want to push it though. Once I start like this, because you know I've been sitting on stuff for years, so it's that time to go ahead and push it. Once I'm done, just go ahead and push it. Um. So yeah, I'll, I'll hit y'all back on that. But I I'll be like honest. To, like I said, I want to see what you what you what you conjure up, but. I think, uh, you know, as this Upgrade America thing branches out to more entertainment. Yeah. You make sure the movies. Yeah, sure. So, movies. Yeah. But Soul looks cool. Yeah. Check it. So, um, spit up on our movies. I guess, uh, yo, tell us how how this, uh, the wonderful world of sports, like, how's, uh, what's going on? Well, all the major stuff has been canceled. So I think NBA was the first, but I'm going to run down a quick list. Mm-hmm. Um, Pac-12, which is a conference in college, okay. canceled all their spring sports, which I think kind of goes towards football and like baseball, stuff like that. The Masters tournament is postponed. Boston Marathon postponed until September. World Football Leagues and competition suspended. English Premier League, uh, the UEFA Champions League, Europa League. So it's affected soccer or football if you're in that part of the world. Um, PGA cancels player championship and other tournaments. NCAA tournament is canceled. But I was hearing that for the basketball, they were going to play in an empty gym. Still hold the games, but just play in empty gyms without a crowd. But, I mean, now the players are still going to be interacting with one another. 
Uh, that's I don't know. Everything has been changing so rapidly, and like so, because I know the NBA two players did get the coronavirus. Yes, I know, and I believe it was mocking the coronavirus. Yeah, and Rudy Gobert. Yeah, off the Jazz. So pretty much right after that, the NBA shut their whole season. See now, it's like um, it's not just sports that's being affected by this. It's like the entertainment world, like concerts are being canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, political gatherings. Not all, but some. Uh, you know, I do believe the Capitol is closed for visitors, and wow. even some religious uh, organizations are. are, are or not yeah. holding church because, um, or you I know, think, or gatherings because of this. I think the Vatican, right? They did a live, um, I think, yeah, he streamed it, right? Yeah, something like it. that. Uh, Major League Baseball, excuse me, Major League Baseball, NASCAR, um, what else we got? Hockey, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, soccer. How about this? Are there any sports that are not shut down because of it? It's not looking like it. Because be then we're gonna be we're gonna be listing sports until we get to like what's that thing shuffleboarding where they're scrubbing the little <laughs> they're scrubbing the little thing. So it's pretty much everything shut down because this, this yeah bugger. Like uh, it it's looks like, like Olympics a... is kind of up in the air a little bit. Mm, it's a lot of money vested in that. Yeah. Um. What is this shit? I don't know what the hell that is. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I wasn't I was gonna make it quick. But um it's I know very we give a lot of uh, energy to this this coronavirus, but it's like um there's a lot of stuff that's going on behind the scenes that people aren't really discussing. And there's ten ten things actually, and I kinda wanna bring that up. But I do believe I have a screenshot. Okay. And discuss these things. And yo, thanks to CJ, you put you, you actually directed my attention to this. So here it is. It's saying ten things currently happening in the world besides the coronavirus. Now, number one is actually pretty big, and we discussed it in the past. Mm-hmm. Congress is attempting to pass a law that will effectively end end-to-end encryptions on communication platforms. So what that means is applications like WhatsApp and other messengers like that. Right now, if you're sending, if I'm sending a message to you, Chris, it's very difficult for someone to take that and then see what I'm sending to you because you have encryption, you have security, protection, mm-hmm. privacy. What Congress and the federal government would like to do is take that away for means of stop terrorism and national security. Yeah, so yeah. Right now, while we're all panicking, this is happening in the shadows. You got any uh, any uh, any comments on that? It goes to show you that the machine really doesn't stop, and that like we talk about our freedoms in America, but they're slowly being eroded, and people don't realize that. And this is an example. It's uh, you're you're really right, and it's. It's alarming, uh, to, to say the least. So, on, on a brighter side, the a second person was cured of HIV in the UK. Hmm. So, as long as I can remember, this has been an uncurable disease. 
and um, while I heard there there were some instances, uh, as you meant, remember with uh, Nipsey Hussle, the doctor that yeah, doctor yeah, I've heard that he has cured some people as well. But it, it's to hear it uh, mainstream media embracing this because I, I did hear that I, I didn't believe I stumbled across the article where they're talking about this too. What do you think? I also stumbled across a video, I think it was a German doctor and somebody else saying that HIV is a hoax and that mm. you still don't really have a proper test for it. It really tests like, I got to find that clip. I ran across it somewhere and they were saying like, basically like the rumors have been saying it's been man-made all this time in the first place. Interesting. So to see that somebody's been cured of it, all of a sudden, we've had pockets of people getting cured, but it's quiet news. It's not major news. Leads me to believe there has to be some truth to how it's man-made more so than natural. Well, I've heard uh, that for quite some time about that, that theory. And at the same time, I don't have much data to, uh, to validate it. But I'm going to find that clip. I, I would like to see that article. Yeah, I find that clip so you can put it in the pod. So, so here's another positive one. It is a dinosaur the size of a hummingbird was found. That's pretty cool. I think. Mm. I'm assuming it's like um, the fossils just correlate around the same time. But I'll see if I can find an image of that because I'm curious myself about um, what this creature looks like. What else? So Harvey Weinstein was found guilty and will die in jail. So then there's that. I don't think, did we really address that on here? No, I don't think we did, to be honest. I know we talked about prostitution. We talked about sex trafficking, human sex trafficking and stuff like that, but not this. Um, you go with your thoughts. I'll go with mine after you. I mean, I, not for nothing. I, I, I have not really been involved in this. Okay. It's like, cool. I, I get it. He, he did some sexual, I heard he either raped or sexual assault or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Like, I didn't dive deep into it. Evidently, they had enough evidence to convict him and, and that's that so what are your thoughts um i am optimistic about the sentencing and to see justice actually working for a change but my skepticism still is lingering like is he really gonna serve all that time they're gonna find some technicality to get him out in like three mm-hmm. years whenever when it all blows over and then I compare it to Bill Cosby and R. Kelly, how it's vastly different. Um, so, and then Kevin Spacey, like nobody's talking about him. Like all these people yeah. are victims or whatever been getting knocked off. Why is that not major news? So. Um, there's probably a reason why, but I mean, I've, I don't want to say it's our responsibility. I heard Rogan did, uh, he covered that. Okay. Podcast, like my understanding is he made a video 
Mm-hmm. And something like, yeah, you know, you kill him with kindness. And then like a couple days later, <laughs> this guy literally dies. I'm dead serious. And it's not that hard, trust me. The next time someone does something you don't like, you can go on the attack, but you can also hold your fire and do the unexpected. You can kill them with kindness. That's what I'm saying. That's Frank Underwood. Come on, let's be real here. Like, Get too into, too into character. Yeah, like, that's why he did so well on that show, because that's him. Like, um, I think overall, I think it's a good thing for women to see some some sort of justice. Mm-hmm. I really, I do agree on that. That's some progress. Like, that was really big to see that. Um, but at the same time, there's always going to be this power dynamic, and this is always going to go mm-hmm. on. So... Um, power dynamic oh well males using their influence or over women in a vulnerable position or in a disadvantaged position to get what they want I think that power dynamic is, is going to shift I see women it women are becoming more empowered and I'm, I'm all for it I mean I'm more for equality but at the same time you're seeing more women bosses you're seeing more women CEOs and um the, the, the powers it, it's shifting and, and I'm all said I'm, I'm all for that but um I don't know I kind of think like feel to the point like <laughs> that you gotta have like a contract for consensual sex with like yeah. every new encounter you know it's like I, I don't know. I was, uh, while we were mentioning uh, Mr. Weinstein, I stumbled across another video where it was an African-American male mm-hmm. who lost his scholarship because he was accused of rape. I guess, more or less, they were at a party mm-hmm. and a young lady had a gangbang with two guys in the bathroom. And it was, at the time, she thought the best thing to say was that, no, that it was forceful. And then all these accusations were hurled at this uh, this gentleman. And, you know, it really, if she would have pushed with the story, it would have, these, these guys could have been serving their, you know, 25 life. And um, so that's why, I don't know, man. Like I said, yeah, my heart goes out to all, all those ladies that were, you know, hurt by Mr. Weinstein. But at the same time, there are, there's someone sitting in jail for a rape they did not commit. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's when, when you say equality, hopefully that comes up at some point. Um, because let's be honest, a lot of teachers are predatory against their students, mm. seeing a rise of women doing this. Yeah, I hear about that too. So, basically, keep that same energy for these women taking advantage of these boys in this situation. It's the same kind. I understand that they, they have been pretty rough on, because uh, I don't want to say current events, but maybe like a couple months ago, there was a case of that. Mm-hmm. I think they came down on her pretty hard. But yeah, I totally agree with you on that. But okay. The next item on here is, there's a plague of locusts about to tear through Africa. And this was 
I forget how many pounds a day they said they're eating. Mm-hmm. But these uh, these these locusts are pretty uh, pretty big problems. What I propose is that we catch them and eat them, locust burgers or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's all this talk about how produce in the future, I'm sorry, like meat in the future, protein in the future, will come from bugs. Because when you're talking about how much, I, I do believe for like farming for cows, it's like 60 percent. You only get 40 to 60% of the cow that you can mm-hmm. eat, and the rest is waste. No, maybe they're saying 60% is waste, and you only get 40 of it. And then all the water consumption mm-hmm. of the, it, it's very costly to, to make meat, conventional meat. So that's why there's a lot of speculation about eating bugs. So the notion is already out there. You have an abundance of them in Africa. Catch them and eat them and, and test that theory. Would you eat a bug burger? Well, I don't know about it. I ate a scorpion in Thailand. It was deep fried, tasted like shrimp. Um, yeah, it had to be some shit like that. Like, <laughs> if I know it's a locust, I'm not eating it. But if I know, like, it's burger. Yeah, if it's like just made into a burger, I'm good with. <laughs> well, that's something to consider. But yeah, it's um, they're these bugs. They can do a lot of damage agriculturally, and mm-hmm. that's why it's, it's it's like a plague. Well, that's why in Upgrade America, what we would do cool. is have vertical farms. You already sure. know. You already know. Skyward. All the way. That's another episode we're going to talk about in the future. But I, I couldn't agree with you more. Now, yeah. this, uh, this is kind of brings back uh, memories. Two American and one British soldier were killed in Iraq. The U.S. is currently responding with massive airstrikes. So it's like every time I think, yes, we're going to get out of this region, you know, peace in the Middle East, all that good stuff. It's like, I don't know, let me get my Michael Corleone on. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. And that's how I feel the United States is with, uh, you know, with with Iraq. But what are your thoughts on, on that? You already know my thoughts. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, gonna I, say, I want you to elaborate right on, on just, how you can. Well, they had brought up, like I saw it on Twitter, somebody had Bill, uh, Stars and Stripes, shout out to them, because I used to read them when I was active duty. It's a military newspaper that keeps you abreast of military news. Which I like it. Um... They had an article about uh, troops possibly being affected by the virus. And mm. they're, uh, was it vulnerable to this because of where they're serving the Iran border somewhere over there, like Afghanistan and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I made the comment like, we shouldn't even be there in the first place at this point. We've already achieved our objective. We got who we were supposed to get. And we've been here for like 15 years for no reason. So somebody was like, oh, that's cold. I said, no, we should have withdrew a long time ago. That's what I'm meaning. And plus, excuse me, I was there. So I already know. So you can't tell me shit. Again, so, because we need this, uh, this precious opium. And then when I hear about Iraq. Yeah, I hear about Iraq. What the fuck are we still doing there? Like, I'm pissed off. Now, that's a, that's a different question. I'm not too, and I was in Iraq, and I'm not too sure. And then the people under my, 
in my command were like uh, they weren't too sure either <laughs> like or they wouldn't give me a clear answer there's a lot of obs obfuscation yeah obfuscation i'm like well, what obscurity obscure obscurity but i, I think obfuscation is maybe we have to google that one hold on yeah. I just, I just, <laughs> you, gotta take stuff break, bro. you can do that. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I'm just pissed off, bro. We're still there. Like, you and I talk about this all the time. We shouldn't be there. Um, so what are they saying is a threat for uh, US soldiers? The coronavirus, because the testing, testing okay. one. So hold on, Chris. Like, I gotta throw this back in there. And this is a very weird looking word. It's ab obfuscation. So it's spelled O B F U S C A T I O N. To mm -hmm. make so confused or opaque as uh -huh. difficult to perceive or understand. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't quite a root branching off of obscure. It's uh, something entirely different. But yeah, uh -huh. the root word is obfuscation. Obviously. Damn, I never. Yeah, I wouldn't be using that one. So you put that one out of nowhere. Good job, man. I like <laughs> uh, I like acquiring new words because it's like imagine just saying everything is good, 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 good. It gets so mundane, so fun. You gotta spice it up. Words are the spice of life. All right, dropping those scrabble words, okay? Hey, you come with a few scrabble words, time to find yourself. Yeah, man. Um, existence. Circumstances of it. <laughs> Yo, that it's just random, bro. I don't plan it. It just comes out sometimes. That's, that's good that you know it keeps you keeps you sharp. But let's see uh, what else we got on here. Okay, I suppose I'll do this one last because we okay. can just have to transition into our next thing. So an asteroid is gonna fly by Earth. Now my understanding is like. And I, I'm probably wrong, totally wrong. Like 300, let's just say it's 300,000 miles away at that. Yeah. Or, you know what? We can't be given fakeness. It's too quick. <laughs> I want to keep this as well. I totally use the podcast, you know, to spew my, uh, my, my, my propaganda, my campaign propaganda. <laughs> I want to keep all other news as accurate as possible. For asteroid to fly by Earth. Let's see what's coming up. Okay. So, they're saying April 29th and this when asteroid that uh, was called 1998 OR2 will pass closest to Earth. This is the biggest asteroid to fly by the Earth in the year 2020. Again, so... There's no chance of any collision. Don't say no. Nothing is certain. So let's see how... Um, give me some data on how far this thing is going to be. How far it's going to be away. They won't... They'll never give you that in the first paragraph. They want to draw you in. Like, no, click on my page. Yeah. I need it for my metrics. And I don't see it in here. But they seem to be very confident that it's not going to hit Earth, so nothing to worry about, people. It's not the end of the world. Uh, what's next on that? Okay, so oil prices 
There's an oil price war between Russia and Saudi Arabia. We're going to elaborate on that near the end because that's a, a whole nother topic in itself. And then dengue fever cases going up and being overlooked because of the less deadly coronavirus. So they're saying there's a virus that's more deadly, but you know, nothing to worry about. Oh, I got, some, there yet. Got, I got some info on this. So dengue really, really fever kills 104 people and infects more than 17,000 nationwide since January. This is in Indonesia. Wow. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to, I saw something fascinating. There's a lot of, yeah, it's just, I got to ask my homegirl. She, she got family in Indonesia. Um, number of nationwide dengue fever. I think I'm saying it right. Cases from January to March 11th. Um, this year is smaller than the, in the same period last year when there are about 52,000 cases and 439 deaths. Also, cases of dengue fever nationwide have continued to decline since 2016 when 204,171 people were infected. <laughs> so, damn. How many people died as a result? It's looking like total deaths. <laughs> It's kind of all over the place because doesn't have recently. Let's see fatalities. Fifteen, I think, one hundred and four this year, nationwide in Indonesia. Corona is already beasting on that. But those cases are serious, like 200 and something thousand cases since 2016. 200,000 with only 100 some deaths, so it's not so bad. Mm. It's nothing to sneeze at, I can tell you that. People do travel to Indonesia too. No more. Um, the uh, people will be traveling less for a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, that was interesting. Um, that was, um, okay, so I suppose we should go with our last one. And we can probably get uh, some more info on this, but Russian parliament passed reform allowing Putin to stay president until 2036. Wow. So what is that, another what, 16 years? <laughs> yeah. Wow. What are your thoughts on that? Does that scream imperialism or any concerns on that? No. Because it seems to be becoming a popular political trend. It's just like, hmm, I like this shit. I like this office. I'm going to keep it forever. Like, you know. I don't know, to me it's a big red flag and, and granted, you know, it, it is Russia, but we live in America. Mm -hmm. That can never happen, right? Not gonna say never say never because we've seen in precedent, uh, precedent times of stuff we didn't think could happen happen. 
I would say it's less likely to happen because we don't fall under the same structure as Russia. Well, let me throw a scenario at you. Okay. Like, what if a crazy unknown virus mm-hmm. comes in and shuts down commerce, shuts down uh, sports, and essentially shuts down the polls? Mm-hmm. People to vote in the 2020 election in November. What happens? Does Trump stay president by default, or like how does this work? Because while my administration proposed building an online voting app, you know I didn't get elected yet to make that happen. So what do you think happens? I don't know, um, but I think we have special elections um, after said pandemic goes down. Um, I could see elections being possibly suspended or shifted to online and paper. Mm. Um, plus, you can't serve over two terms anyway, so there's that. Um, president can't serve over two terms anyway. He only can do eight years. Yeah, he only has one term. Uh, he only has one term on his but the first term. I'm mm-hmm. talking about this year, right? Yeah. Election comes. Oh, we can't have elections because you know pending epidemic, plague, and all that. Like, mm-hmm. no elections were held. No results were came. So it's like, does he just take it by default because he's sitting there? Bro, America not letting that happen. I'm telling you. If that's one thing I can kind of bet on, they're not letting that happen. So then say polls are open, show up at your own risk. People going to show up. You want your vote, right? (laughs) I'm going to show up. Yeah. Like, that's that's not... Very, very interesting how they would do that. Hold on, let's look this up though. Has this happened in history though? Like where we couldn't vote on for the president because of something happening? I don't. Not the Great Depression, not a World War. What, what, what could stop? Um, uh, let's see. Let me do some digging myself. Yeah. What happens? It's all about how you search. Uh, I want something legitimate. Uh. I don't know, but what happens if we can't vote this year? What if I don't vote and I'm, no, that's not what I wanted. They probably don't, they probably didn't even consider that then. Yeah, no. Like CNN had a segment where they're like they're answering questions. Mm-hmm. Like so if they're still doing that, I'm gonna ask that. Like, so how are we gonna vote this year? And what happens if we can't? Cause so then I know you're no expert and I'm no expert. Yeah. Viruses don't just do they just blow over or like Well the rest of them have. Or went dormant. <laughs> so I'm really trying to think what would um, influence that. It's not my job to do that. 
at the moment, so I'm not gonna waste the brain power. But um, yeah, that was just something I wanted to speculate on, like what could potentially happen if we can't vote. And um, you know, like again, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, I think Americans would risk their safety. What do you What do you think? Uh, it's kind of crazy to see. Um, I was trying to find something. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place, but yeah, yeah, I couldn't find anything myself. Yeah, this is a very pivotal election. Even though I don't agree with either candidate, I know what a candidate I do agree with. Well, I hope his name is Cameron Roth. You know it, sir. Um, but yeah, man, like it's going to be a very interesting social experiment. It's also going to test our democracy in a different way that we probably haven't been tested yet. Now, why do you say that? I don't know, because all this stuff happened at the same time, but it's so it's already been kind of basically crazy leading up to the election. And, and I'm, I'm just looking at it from the lens of our lifetime like you know voting age till now for us i can't think of another time besides september 11th where the world basically stopped like the u.s kind of stopped like all right oh, well, you, you're right that was a pretty pivotal moment that's the only time i could think of really so with the conjunction of all this craziness going on in this administration this going the pandemic going on um yeah, just something different. Um, and I want to send a shout out to all the older generations saying that we don't go through shit. <laughs> okay, fuck out of here. Um, so <laughs> I just want to throw that shout out. I don't care. Like, that's how I feel right now. Like, the millennials don't go through anything. Yeah, okay. So, anyway, um, it, that's how I feel about struggle. it. We definitely have our struggle. Um, I guess um, you can use uh, you, you you mentioned about independent can this particular independent candidate, but why don't we transition into um, the bias of independent candidates? And, and okay. Candidates. I think this is going to be an interesting conversation, particularly because I'm a independent candidate. Hey. Well, let's talk about let's talk about your journey real quick, and then I'll dive into this. Oh man, okay, so here I am year to date. So I started the journey in, let's just call it January 2019. I knew this is something I wanted to do since I was younger and I now meet the age to run for president of the United States and I'm doing it. Here's the thing, you look at all the OGs in the game, like Trump ran mad times. He didn't win his first one, but you know, he, he ran a bunch of times, Bernie ran a a few times as well and other candidates seem to do so also so while i know this is the hardest game in the world just playing it is um it's it's it was it was a big step but i took that big step knowing that i can do this again in the future go further and a little bit further and a little bit further and while i totally want to take the white house like 2020 if you know this experience could make me what uh, could helped me take it a little later in life. So right now it's going great. We're using this podcast, we're using music, we're using games. 
Um, everything, any resource that's at my disposal, like we're leveraging it to, uh, you know, to, to drive a campaign. And the mindset that I have is like, if I absolutely had to for mm-hmm. the safety of myself and the security of our nation, if it came to the point where both parties were like so incompetent that an independent candidate had to do it, then I have to do it and use resources like a special operation, use what's at my disposal to get it done. And um, we're doing it. And the biggest uh, thing that, uh, that I do like about it is that we're building a manual so that other people can do it in the future. Like, as I mentioned, Hillary Clinton is considering doing a podcast because she's seeing how effective they are to reach millions of people. Mm-hmm. An independent candidate is not going to go have rallies like Sanders and Biden and all that because you need, there's a lot of power, a lot of money behind the, the Democratic Convention behind the GOP. So they have those financial resources to do that. And I, I can, you got me started because I can rant all day. But mm-hmm. if it comes down to money, mm-hmm. like it comes down at the end of the day, whoever raises the most money, that's who gets the White House, then we are fucked. Because we yeah. will never outspend them. We will never out raise money for the grand old parties or, or for the Democrats who say they represent the people, but they really don't. Like, mm-hmm. we are fucked. And so that's why we need to find unconventional means like podcasts, like music, like just making content to reach the American people and spread awareness. This is campaign number one. I'm by myself. I have my dear friend, CJ to say Slayer, and I have my lady, and I have other people throwing their energy at me, you know, behind me too. But like, we don't have all the resources that, you know, these these, these so-called politicians have, and they're dropping out, you know? So yeah, I didn't go to any of the debates. But guess what? These guys are out and I'm still in. So at the end of the day, just having a chance, just having an opportunity, just still having some skin in the game. Um, I'm surviving in the, in the, in the, the most difficult game in, in the world. So there's my brief update. You okay. Know, you got me started. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, some interesting facts I stumbled across. I did one for Florida since I live in the great state of Florida, who's been known to bumble some elections and <laughs> fix some elections. And um, there are 3.5 million non-party affiliated voters in Florida. And I'm one of those voters. Meaning you don't subscribe to a Democratic Party or Republican Party. You're independent. Like you're Consider truly independent when you are registered as an independent. Basically, I believe I'm registered as an independent as well. Um, another thing that I found mm-hmm. the number. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I got some tape on this uh, socket because it's painting. Oh, okay. I got to plug my computer in. But uh, I keep going. Um. Please. So I read from the independent voters facts that in 2016, there were 28 million independent voters. And I think that number has jumped up to 44 million current day, I think. 44 million independent. Now do you think they go 
any way or they they always vote independent um they're probably one of the biggest segments most important segment i guess they're i guess independent voters like ourselves are called swing voters i think that's where that term comes from okay so basically depending on if their values line up each candidate if one of their values line up we'll vote for them but we we don't lean either way it's kind of that mindset it's kind of difficult to be non-biased but i like that yeah like like you and i talk about this on the pod like hey we're conservative about some things we're liberal about other things so it just all depends but we what we do come together on is we're not either or yeah, we so do agree. know that for sure. So um, the reason why it's hard for independent candidates, four reasons. Most Americans are party affiliated. Very so polarized. One or the other. Our election system favors a two party system. This is true. Um, it's tough to get a third party on the ballots. And this one was interesting because they brought up so many third parties. I was like, damn, that's kind of true. There's a lot of like independent parties. Third parties. There, there are, um, when you're filling out the form to run for president, they have, a, you know, it's a drop down menu because you can do it online. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, there's over 40 different parties. There's even like a veterans party or mm-hmm. something like that. But there's, there's mad different parties, and I think perhaps uh, later on we can uh, elaborate on that. I'll get a list of those, but you're right. And I briefly want to touch on the the ballot access. Yes, it's absolutely. For New Jersey, it's you need 800 signatures. For New York, I think you need 15,000. For California, you need 150,000 signatures. Ah. And some of them have fees and other requirements to get your name on the ballot. So realistically, 2020, I'm looking at write-ins. Like anyone who wants to vote for me, they're gonna have to write my name in. However, in the future, like yeah, I could win some small states, get my name on the ballot there, and then do that. But then it's like, you, in order to win, you kind of need your name on all 50 ballots, unless you're going to highly encourage everyone to, to write you in, which takes additional steps and, you know, so many margins of errors. But you're right, that is a hurdle that mm-hmm. independent candidates face. What, are, what other stuff? Oh, uh, too many third party candidates. So saying too many. Okay is kind of an issue too it is basically with those last two i read off mm-hmm. if we were to come together say just for example if we all came together and just said the independent party yeah everybody collapsed under that then i think you would be able to have a third party but because we don't and then we got to do ballot reform i was learning about all this last night i was like oh snap ballot reform um so basically what I was reading over just real quick, ballot reform is where third party voters can vote in every election in the primaries. Okay. Because each state is different. So the example I saw was uh, California, which is a semi-closed uh, ballot, something like that. So you're supposed to be able to vote in every election, even if you're a third party. 
but they got like some little loophole to where if it's semi-closed. Like even the caucuses? Huh? Even the caucuses? What do you mean? Like, um, for instance, the, the, the many elections that were held in like Iowa, mm -hmm. like the Iowa caucus, mm -hmm. and the independent vote in that? I'm not sure what them because each state is different. I see. So there's open and closed uh, elections or something like that. And I got to dig a little deeper real quick. But I know for Florida, for me, when I voted uh, midterms, I had to wait until like the actual voting day to actually be able to vote. And they gave me a ballot and it looked very simplified. It didn't look like the sample ballot I received in the mail. It looked like just, all right, these are your choices, that's it. Because I am non-party affiliated or third party or independent. I see. So it's like, basically you get left out of the election until the last second, basically what it boils down to. So what this, this group, independent voter organization is campaigning for nationwide is to reform nationwide voting to where we're on the ballot the whole way through for every kind of election. Hold on, so independence? Yeah, independence. Because here's what you gotta consider, and I, why I get why there's some constraints for it. Mm -hmm. Do you recall ever hearing these nuts ran for president in like 2016? <laughs> yes, I remember. It's like if you, it, and I get it because it's like because then you gotta accommodate everyone. Did you know for two, the 2020 presidential election, there mm -hmm. are more than 700 candidates that are registered for president? So imagine that you're going to have a ballot phone book, you know, trying to do that. And that's why I believe it would be, I believe we could accommodate everyone if it were digital. Yeah, true. Because it's like, okay, now you have a drop down or you have a search menu. So it's like you type in Cameron Rock, or you don't even type in Cameron Rock, you just type in Cam and then Cameron Ra or any other candidates that's coming up with that would, would pop up. And then boom, you have that, have an authentication. Are you sure you really want to vote for this radical independent candidate, click yes. And you're doing that from the comfort of your home. But, but uh, I'll read off this fascinating news to good. close this part off. Uh, five independent candidates who ran for president and won in US history. So and you got, yeah, basically like they won, meaning they got far as they could like they affected the election, like really affected. Okay. Um, like getting a percentage of the vote nationwide. Like, okay, so Ross Perot in 92 got 19% of the popular vote. That's pretty significant. And Did also, he go to the debates? I think so. And he also got 6% of the popular vote in 2006 election. So that's an example. Ralph Nader, I think he's really cool. Um, won three percent of the popular vote in two thousand. Hmm. Um, let's see, John B. Anderson won seven percent of the popular vote in nineteen eighty against Ronald Reagan. Um, George Wallace, who was a known segregationist, I believe, or AKA white supremacist. Interesting. He he went he won in nineteen sixty eight fourteen percent of the popular vote versus Nixon. Um, let's see, and Theodore Roosevelt, who eventually became president, 
won 27 percent of the vote in 1912 he ran as a progressive candidate he didn't win but he got a quarter to quarter of the vote and then he only let's see i guess the nominee william howard taft only got 23 percent so he won more than him and the other guy was didn't he run again as a um didn't he run again and win as a party not philly not a republican or a democrat that's a good question let me look that up real quick because was it theodore or was it fdr uh fdr had fdr had four three terms who was fdr had had three terms or was it yeah he had three terms yeah i'm thinking maybe it was um it was fdr uh theodore he ran as let's see 26 he became republican but he supported progressive policies so he started he ran the first time as like progressive but then when he made office he went republican it looks like that's what it's looking like interesting so hmm. but those are some positive facts about independent voters and candidates um yeah that's all i got for that what do you, you got any other thoughts or... um, yeah it, it's it's hard out here for an independent candidate and it's like again our nation is very polarized you want the red pill or the blue pill and it's like when there's any options presented in between it's like kind of totally ignored and um that is is a challenge but it's like um, you really got to look at these popular parties like and really consider how what they're doing. They're raising billions, mm-hmm. you know, billions of dollars. And that's, that's whenever you have that much money mixed in, that's not coming directly from the people. There's a lot of influence that is, is in there. And if you don't think that this influence is going to supersede your individual needs as a person, then you're very naive. And that's why I think it's like, now that we have social media, mm-hmm. now that we have ways that we can spread awareness without the need of billions of dollars, like, I, I believe that's what, what Trump intends on plant raising this year is over a billion dollars. Like, I like the FEC, and we, I guess we can do that right now. Cause they actually get it, they tell you how much each candidate is raising. So let's go FTC.gov and oh. see the candidates, how much money they're raising, like year to date, campaign finance data, raising, or is it candidate history? Let's see where it's at, candidates. And it's almost like a leaderboard, like on a game. And then you can see how much everyone is raising. So. It's very interesting. I'd like to see it now since everyone dropped out. FEC had it on here. I can't seem to find it at the moment. Let's go home. Maybe it's at the bottom. Okay, and here I, we are. Okay. Wow. So now let's look at the let's look at these numbers. So Bloomberg, who's no longer in the race, he raised. So this is only two commas. So four hundred sixty-four million. So Tom Steyer, 
raised 271 million. So Donald Trump raised 217 million and it's still early in the game. Now you only got to report these stats quarterly. So like they could have raised way more money and these guys are most likely not going to be on the list because they're like, they're, I do believe they're out of the race now. So um, it's right now it's a money game and shouldn't, we got to find a way to, as soon as we can find a, a real great way to, to where it doesn't matter because these guys are, are spending X amount of millions to get eyeballs, to get awareness. Stuff. Mm-hmm. But if we can use social media and other means to, to get that, then that's the one we can really win. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, define what we're talking about: open and closed primaries. Okay. So people actually understand. Um, closed primaries. When you're going to vote, this is what this means: closed primaries exclude independent voters from choosing a candidate. Closed primaries allow voters within a particular political party to cast ballots only for candidates in that same party. An open primary means anyone can vote despite his or her party affiliation. And then we got the states that are considered open and closed. Um, really quickly, it's quick. So I'm trying to see the listing. Okay. Open presidential primary states. So Alabama, Arkansas, Colorado, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Massachusetts, um, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, New Hampshire, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio is semi-open, which it falls under like California, sort of. Um, Oklahoma is only democratic primaries open to independent voters as of 2015 south carolina state i grew up into uh south dakota tennessee texas utah vermont virginia washington state and wisconsin hmm. and they all some of them had uh, like asterisks on like what you can do or whatever but i just wanted to read down the list so I know state by state, do you think there should be like federal mandates on like Oh, I do close too real quick, because that's an interesting, <laughs> that's interesting. Alaska, Delaware, Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Hawaii, Florida, mm. uh, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Nebraska, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, <laughs> New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Wyoming, and the District of Columbia. My states. <laughs> so like, what do you think, though? I mean, I think all across the board, there should at least be some federal statutes, or, or at least for federal elections on what is required to, uh, to vote. Yeah, 
I was about to say that makes more sense than if you just like Debo the states and be like, yo, y'all all doing this. You know that shit ain't gonna fly. So yo, for federal election, do what you want locally and statewide, but for feds, like you gotta have some streamlined uh, yeah voting measures. We gotta have an episode on that. I think we might have talked about just streamlining the government. Period. Like I agree. Well, here's the thing you'd have to do first. You'd have to audit the government. Like, (laughs) audit it for efficiency, for inefficiencies, rather. Yeah. And remove those and and enhance it. But then here's the thing. Do you do it internally or externally? I mean, like, you hire somebody, like a company to do it, or do you you have someone within the government do it? I would say both. Really? Yeah, because that's why Singapore is so so successful. Oh, you said the marrying. Yeah, and state. Like we need both perspectives. Mm. So I would would say uh, I agree with you on that. Say have someone whose job it is on inside the government, but you know, have someone outside to have a different perspective on it. You definitely need to do that to pinpoint that, and then. enhance it from there okay what are we we talking about next um let's go into something a bit lighter passive income okay i do recall you said you you grabbed a a second job temporarily and Mm. you know we changed some times around for the the upgrade america podcast but like tell me about the, the second job experience it was cool i was exhausted i'm not even gonna lie to you um it was cool for the moment. How long I would have sustained it, I have no idea. Um, they didn't let me get that far. <laughs> they laid my ass off and fired me, oh, terminated. Wow. So I don't know how long it would have lasted. Um, it's it wasn't demanding. I can I can only imagine. Cause yeah. Like, no working one a full time job is demanding. I couldn't imagine putting more time and energy into that. But I know a lot of Americans are living like that. That's, and I can speak for the Central Florida area, Orlando. Most people here got two full-time jobs wow. or three part-time 80 jobs. Hours, 80 hours a week? Yeah, like, um, or they have, say, a full-time job, part-time job, and go to school. Like, it's these combinations. It's like the standard here. That um, type of work-life schedule is... Mm-hmm crucial man like i know there's some really great things about florida but that is nothing (laughs) um it was a good experience i learned some more about logistics i'm not going to talk about the company per se but i learned about logistics um i learned how contractors work like how that environment works as well like working with a contractor working for a contractor like all these kind of things is very fascinating learning experience for me um i would definitely since we're getting older i would definitely lean on something more digital to make income or something i have less to do physically um to create oh how did that affect your time management it made it forced me to be more cognizant of managing my time because I know okay 
I work for most precious resource, my friend. It is. Um, it wasn't. I said the thing that made it bearable was it was still a day shift. It was still in line with my normal schedule for my main job. So that's what helped a lot because it was like, oh, I'm still operating during the day. Okay. This is just like I'm working at my regular job. Um, But yeah, like just overall, I was exhausted. I remember the first weekend I didn't have to go. I just slept. Like I was like, oh, man, I really was tired. I know. I know the film, bro. Like I don't want to learn about assets and liabilities and how my car is essentially it's an asset but i'm treating it i'm allowing it to become a liability and what i mean by that is potentially i could be driving uber right now Mm -hmm. some extra bread you know i could be doing uber eats doordash and earning some extra bread and turning my car more into an asset i'm not I, it's like it's more time you know but it's like I, potentially I could do that and I agree with you like I'm looking more into digital stuff more into passive income and um, passive income Warren Buffett he said if you don't find a way to earn money in your sleep you're gonna work until you die and that was terrifying like mm-hmm. I stumbled across that quote when I was in my, my late 20s and I just thought about it like, Wow, and uh, I've been heading down that path ever since. But passive income, yeah, that's where it's at. Everyone says it's impossible, it's impossible. No, nothing is impossible. You have to try every possibility to find out that it's impossible. And I'm sure you didn't do that. But um, it's difficult. It's like planting a seed. You know, mm-hmm. like you, there are very few seeds that you can plant and then get nutrition overnight like lettuce is the fastest growing seed and it's like it's not very nutritional like like trees that that bear fruit and stuff you got to put years of, of effort into that and um everyone wants that that instant gratification quick money right now like sell drugs but uh, i don't know i take that back. i shouldn't encourage you to sell drugs that that's it that's really it that's the only game in in town that you you know you you have or scamming. Up, you know, or yeah, or whatever. But you know, you're you're dabbling into criminality and the way technology is going, the way friends is just going, you don't want to be doing crime. Like, you know, in, in, in the twentieth century, like <laughs> it's uh surveillance and facial recognition, like you don't even want to go down that path. Definitely hard yeah. to do crime. Don't sell so I, I emphasize emphatically, don't sell drugs, but do look into some of these uh passive income things so first we gotta talk about it or disclaimer rather i am not a financial advisor just a crazy guy on the internet like i'm not driving bentley's or living in beverly hills mansions it's typical guy i'm i'm playing around with finances with that being said stock market that's a really great uh place to stock to start passive income and while there are everyone wants to buy apple and all these other stocks like that there are stocks that you can buy for like let's just say they're a couple three or four bucks there's some that i purchased for two but they'll still provide you a dividend like over time every quarter you know and so the more you buy the more it's generating for you and then you use those dividends to buy more stock to produce more dividends your money problems are not going to be over in like (laughs) 
you know, your first year, your second year, but if you do it over time, it's going to start gaining, it's going to start gaining traction and, and, and money's going to continue to come in. Do you got any uh, experience in the stock market? No, not yet. I want to pay off debt before I really get into it. Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest thing is just getting Are out of debt. maxing out your 401k? No, not right now. That's free money. Shout out to Frank and, and, and Larry. These are some of the OGs at my job. Frank was one of the guys who said he was going to come on the show. But mm-hmm. they really encouraged me to, one, invest into the company's stock plan, and yeah. two, max out the 401k. So you know all those Wall Street guys? They get paid to, to manage money, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I dabble in stocks. I don't have the training or the experience to you know manage huge accounts mm-hmm. and these guys do that that's what they do all day they manage money so they they, they know what they're doing for to some extent yeah. but like with a 401k you can take your money they can mm-hmm. manage it most efficiently for you and then your company that you're working with should be able to match that so no i'm it's, it's free money if you're maxing it out but if it's free money that's being managed it's one thing having money sitting around, but when it's managed, it's, it's growing. So I definitely encourage uh, people to, yeah, stock market's going to hell, but like, there's that. And then there's crypto, which I'm not even gonna start on because I won't shut up. We need, we owe uh, an entire episode to crypto, but buy a little piece of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other um, passive income ones I wanna talk about. Okay. Ebooks, it's the the easiest return on investment that you can get right away. Like I, I emphasize and encourage my to my dear friend CJ over here, write an ebook. Like it's you can do that. You get your I wrote mine on my phone, so it's mm-hmm. really no upfront cost because we all have phones for the most part. Write um write the story about your life. You will mm-hmm. learn a lot about yourself just by by writing your autobiography. I wrote mine, first son of first son of the dynasty, uh, available on Amazon Kindle, and I also wrote and published the Upgrade America Handbook, also mm-hmm. available on Amazon Kindle. While these are not uh, my money problems are not all over because of these books, still periodically money trickles in. You know, money trickles in, boom, $4 here, $4 here. It's the more of these you, you, the more of these you can accumulate, these little faucets, you know, the, you're just going to have continuous income in your cash flow. They say the average millionaire has seven streams of income. Let that marinate. Most people just have one job and that's it. Because here's what happens. Something happens with your job, then you just lost your mainstream income. And you know, it's uh, you gotta make some adjustments. But if you like to have other ones, that's why they say diversity with your portfolios. Mm-hmm. You, know, you gotta have the money coming in from as many different ways as you can. And ebooks is just one start it, write a book, publish it on Amazon. It's easy as writing a paper, getting your friend to, to look it over, and then pushing a the button, and you're a published author. And you can sell your book for any price you want. The marketing skills are entirely up to you. If you think that your life story is worth $10, $15, $100, hustle it. Push it out there. 
you'll get money in your sleep. Um, YouTube ads, me and Chris were partnering, partnering on this venture. And again, this is a seed. This don't happen overnight. You gotta, you know, you gotta grind at it. We got what? 54 episodes strong, boy. Yeah. Not Penny came in yet, but we're still sticking to it. But yeah. with YouTube ads, you can make some money with that. It's um, essentially you're getting a followership. You're getting a collection of eyeballs. And when you have a collection of eyeballs, you can market stuff to them or people can put links on, on your page. So essentially us building a podcast, building a brand, building a followers, you know, bonding with all you upgraders <laughs> coined by CJ over there. I like that. But like that has value over time. And then you can uh, you, you can push all that out, you know, that's and get that um, that passive income coming. Because we make the videos, we go to sleep, people watch the videos, click on the ads, and then money comes in. So affiliate marketing was something that we are participating in right now with Amazon and also with Robinhood. So more or less, we're just putting links on on our content and if people shop on Amazon, we get a piece of that sale. That's money problems ain't over, but at the same time, you can never have enough and the more the merrier and keep it coming, you know? But also asking for donations on Patreon, things like that. Like this is all um ways How, how's all that going? Like have you got any traction from all that? Like, I got a single donation because everyone's either broke or they're greedy. So I understand. But at the same time, you know, when we get more um get more popular and you know that we keep sticking at it, it's it's gonna come. But right now we're in a, a, a very great position because we can produce the show mm-hmm. without the need of donations like if anything it would just lighten the the burden of adobe premiere and allow us to do some more enhancements but like right now we're 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 good we're not we're i would say we we, i mean please by all means throw some donations at us but we're not like hurting for it at the moment but we're setting we're laying the groundwork and we're planting the seeds so this will manifest in, in the future you know and Again, it's the way things are shifting, you know, the, the, the future is very uncertain and mm-hmm. I want to have a, a career or at least the skills that we can work anywhere in the world, you know, and, uh, and still do our thing. But yeah, right. that's, that's what I got for passive income. I, I guess I got a question. Well. I wonder how it's different for our upgraders globally because each economy country is different from ours. So mm-hmm. we're in a very heavily competitive capitalist environment true, true with indeed. very few social safety nets per se, which will transition to the next topic. But I'm just kind of curious how that affects them entrepreneur wise. Say like a Norway or a Sweden or France, like how is it different from here? So That's a great question, and I am curious uh, myself. Yeah, upgraders, let us know. You know, we put the voice notes, leave a message, leave a comment. We want to know what how y'all living. You know, we giving you the upgrade America experience. Tell us how you gonna upgrade your world. Exactly. So I just wanted to throw that out there. 
No doubt, no doubt. So um, I guess the next topic on the agenda is social security and what to do with all these old people. And um, it's a very uh, uncomfortable situation to talk about. Like, everyone has a misconception that we're paying social security and it's being held for you when you're old. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Essentially, you're paying social security to support people who are alive right now. So there is a theory that that you and I, we may not have social security. In yeah, I'm pretty much right there, yeah. So, um, well, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I can tell you how I feel, but go ahead and get it out. I mean, I get it. You gotta have Medicare, you gotta have Medicaid. And we gotta take care of people's grandparents. But it's like, we're as a broke nation, there's gotta be a compromise. And I, I don't wanna say I hate to go down conspiracy alley, but mm-hmm. it's the coronavirus. It means like to wipe out all the old people so we don't have to pay social security. Well, the administration. If you're looking at the target age and how they're saying like nursing homes are the like most dangerous places in America for that, and I do believe the first death was in a nursing home in um, in Washington State. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. Would that let's just say it did? Would that alleviate the burden of Social Security? Well, they're trying to cut Social Security anyway. So. Yeah, I do believe the Trump administration was looking into that. But they couldn't do it in one snip. You couldn't yeah. just flip, pull the plug. Like, that would have catastrophic uh, offense. So I'm like, I don't know. And I, well, I was just hyperbole BSing with the you know coronavirus thing. The Social Security, it is, uh, I'm going through an issue right now with my mother. Like, she's... Kind of going senile or experiencing some dementia and stuff, and it's just like it's a man, it's a tough issue to deal with. Yeah, it's like again that social security and also the Medicaid. Like I always confuse the two, Medicaid and Medicare. For everyone, old people, like that's really. I think it's Medicare is for the elderly. Okay. And I Medicaid is like politically correct and say elderly oh, instead of old people, but <laughs> no, you say old people. Uh, I just said it. It is um, old people are a social burden. That's something we have to come to terms with. It's like um, we let's let's you said it's Medicare. Yeah, Medicare, Medicaid. No, Medicare for all is for the elderly. The Medicaid is like for for medic welfare. Medicare. I thought it was like eight hundred billion, or it could be five hundred. So it's a lot of money of what we're spending. Okay, so yeah, it's more around five hundred billion. Five hundred eighty-two billion is what we spend for Medicare. 
Is that the one you said is for the elderly? Yes, I think that's for the elderly. So five hundred eighty-two billion. That may be like a, a little less than the defense budget. Well, the defense budget that we know about, because you know, there's a black budget too. There's that, but the black budget comes from black markets, though. So we still can only assume from our beloved Central Intelligence and their affiliations with gang activities and narcotics. But that's another episode of Upgrade America. But yeah, man. So what are your thoughts on on, on that? Like, I, I get it, and it's it's a lot of money. And, um, could it be privatized? Privatized? Privatized meaning could philanthropists and private organizations cover the cost of Medicare? Hmm. I don't see why not. Like, how I look at Medicare, like Social Security. I've already accepted the fact that we won't have it when we get that age. Yes, I know. First of all. Second of all, I look at it, I guess, from more of a humanitarian aspect that I'm investing in my grandparents because they both get Social Security, I'm sure. So I look at it as the sacrifices they made for us in previous generations. That's the least I can do by paying into Social Security. Now, I'm not going to say I always felt that way, but as I'm getting getting older, I understand it. Now it's more like it's a civic duty as an American citizen to take care of our our elderly. And if this is the smallest way we can do it, why not? This is the smallest way, like, because, and I say repurpose how we view our uh, elderly in the U.S., I think that's kind of lost. They are a wealth of acknowledgement of, uh, no, not acknowledgement, a wealth of knowledge that is probably untapped that we don't use them for. And I think a way to look at it is we can be using them in various sectors of our economy, of our society, because they have that experience. Well, say you got an old retired architect. You got a problem right here. Who's to say he might not have a he might have an idea that technology hasn't come up with yet or a theory to help you use technology to tweak something to make something better like mentoring like you can use the elderly for all these kind of things so they're not I'm referring to the people who are very unable to take care of themselves on that shit crazy like they don't have a gap. What are they gonna do? Hard questions. I think it comes down to the family. What would they want to do? Because they have a new thing. Well, they've been talking about assisted suicide hmm. medically for these kind of situations. Or euthanasia. Bro. Yes, basically. Um, like, go ahead. Wow. Now, uh, that's very profound. Have you heard of the book The Giver? Mm-mm. Oh, wow, very phenomenal book. I do believe we were assigned to read it in like fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And it was a utopian society. Everything was tip top perfect. You want to know why? Because they had about another, let's call it $600 billion to play with. You want to know why? Because they euthanized the old people. Mm. Got uh, to a certain age. Because you got to consider, right? 
when you're a child, you're being looked after by some sort of parental or guardian or something like that. And then the, the parent is most likely contributing to society. But then it comes to a point where they don't. And then it's you, you the whole thing with, with burdens and, and, and mm-hmm. uh, anyways, long story short, they're killing the old people in there. And it was, it was exactly how you said it, it was an assistance. It wasn't like they were putting guns to their heads. It was an assistance, like you said, assistance youth in Asia. Or how did you put it? Yeah, I think it's called assisted suicide. Interesting. I think a couple, let me see. It's a couple of states that it's legal in. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, For me, I guess it's kind of equivalent to like if I'm brain dead and I'm in a coma, pull the plug. Like it's kind of, to me, it's the same concept in a way. Uh, and, and I, I kind of feel the, the same way as well. And, you know, like, if, not just necessarily with the machines, but if I'm gone and I'm mm-hmm. not making sense and I'm just sticking around just to, like, shit on myself and, and babble nonsense, like, hold the blow. Um, let's see. They have physician-assisted suicide um now how do they do that is that by pill and injection or what i'm kind of looking real quick um oh they actually have wow it's a whole thing about this that's wow i never knew such a thing existed i've seen it somewhere i forgot where i saw it Okay, so people who support legalizing physician-assisted suicide want the people who assist in the voluntary death to be exempt from criminal prosecution for manslaughter or similar crimes. So physician-assisted suicide is legal in some countries under certain circumstances, including Canada, Belgium, Netherlands, Luxembourg, Colombia, Switzerland, and parts of the U.S. But I only assume it's like they have to be like really, really suffering from some sort of terminal illness. It's not like, yo, like grandma's bugging, like, yeah, put her down. Yeah, like it, it expressed basically what we're talking about. In most of those states or countries, to qualify for legal assistance, individuals have to seek a physician-assisted suicide must meet certain criteria, having a terminal illness, proving that they are a sound mind, voluntarily and repeatedly expressing their wish to die, and taking a specified legal dose of drugs themselves. Wow. So this does exist. That's a really uh, wild scenario. Um, it looks like there's other countries that's part of, let's see, Denmark, France, Germany, uh, Iceland, Ireland, Luxembourg, Netherlands, New Zealand, South Africa, Uruguay, mm-hmm. United Kingdom, England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. It looks and, like it's... And I get there's a lot of players in there, and, and as we mentioned, it's most likely for, um people with terminal illnesses and a lot of pain and also as you mentioned they have to express a willingness to die i got i got the states too real quick um it's legal in california 
which was enacted in 2016, June. Colorado, Hawaii, Oregon, Washington State, Washington, D.C., New Jersey, Maine, uh, Vermont, Montana, and it looks like um, it was trying to do it in New Mexico, but it didn't work. So, yeah. In the middle of the podcast, way back. So then, I, and again, like I said, that is for uh, people in severe pain, you know, whatever. But how, what do you do with the the generation who gets fucked out of Social Security? Like, what happens to them? Well, let's go ahead. Us, and, uh, rather. I mean, we could roll in. We'll kind of bring something up similar on our last topic, but I think we've we'll discuss that in the last topic because it's kind of tied together. Okay, fair enough. But um, all I could propose is um, our generation getting screwed out of Social Security. By that time, things are gonna be ch- have to change so drastically yeah, to yeah. where there would be a need for UBI or uh, also, as you mentioned, um, rather than UBI, universal uh, basic assets, meaning like you would have food shelter and um and healthcare and we're in healthcare i suppose that's it's a place where we could slide into through the um through the life force but we still have the the oil reserves to cover well let's tackle that real quick and then we can slide everything else out okay so with this like there's an oil war going on between Saudi Arabia and Russia. My understanding is that Russia is using the Amazon strategy. What on earth is Amazon strategy? So what Amazon's currently doing is that they're selling goods lower than their competitors. They're not making a profit off of it. They just know that they have the bankroll that they can do it longer than their competitors. Mm-hmm. I.e. like Charlie's toasters is selling toasters for 50, but Amazon's selling them for like 25. And so like by default, Charlie's toasters can't keep up with Amazon. So they go out of business. Boom. Amazon now has a bigger portion of the toaster market. And they're doing this for like a lot of different products. Mm-hmm. My is that Russia is doing the same thing. They're like, oh yeah. OPEC, I do believe they're like the cartel leaders for like all the oil and stuff. They, their standards of what they want to set the oil for. Like, let's just say it's 80. Russell was just like, nah, we're going to sell it at 30. And then they just kept selling it at 30. And so now the price of oil is going down. And um, my understanding, there are some companies in America that can be starved out because of that. And it's essentially, it's, a, it's an oil war. Are they do you have any insight um, for the comments on that? Um, it even though we're more, what it makes me think of, even though we're more globalized mm-hmm. as uh, as Earth, <laughs> as humans, we're also treading into where everybody's becoming more tribal, like mm-hmm. so we're being more nationalistic. Um. That sounds like the example of, or people are just tired of trying to play nice with everybody when on the other side of things, they're getting froze out of a lot of things too. 
let's be honest, I'm pretty sure Russia's not involved with a lot of things that global leaders are a part of. Just like China, just like Iran, just like other countries, like uh, what North Korea and other countries. So, and the same, I could see both sides. I could say, well, damn, y'all don't include us in everything. Well, fuck it. We're going to cut prices and do things our way, look out for our best interests. So, makes sense. Um, I think from the U.S. standpoint, it's just a matter of inconvenience. We have our own oil anyway. We got other resources to get oil from. Sure. So I kind of look at it like, uh, it's just now, like- You're saying that it's most likely going to uh, hurt the smaller oil companies, not mm-hmm. just the bigger ones. But as you mentioned, it would be an, an inconvenience, but yeah. it's still something um, noticeable. But at the same time, to some extent, we do reap the benefits because it's cheap oil for the moment. You know, capitalize. Yeah, I've seen gas for. I know I'm in Florida, so it's different geographically mm-hmm. in the states. But I've seen gas as low as two dollars and six cents, I think, a gallon for regular gas. Wow, I was in New York City the other day. Ground zero, the coronavirus outbreak. <laughs> it was like two dollars and twenty cents, which is wow. Crazy. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, y'all do most of the refining in New Jersey, from what I understand. A lot of refineries for petroleum in New Jersey. Yeah, it's something to consider. It's a global commodity that literally uh, makes the world go around. So we got to keep our eye on that right now. It's just, you know, some preliminary coverage. If there's any more findings, we'll give an update. So let's... um pivot back around wagon wheel rather <laughs> so you know we, we got done talking about how we're going to take care of all the old people and you know we got to find a way that we're going to give them all the medical care that they need and why i applaud trump and the space force because i do understand the importance of uh, having space superiority particularly in warfare that's right baby let's keep it well, I mean, when you, you mentioned Star Trek, that would be the um, the Space Force would be, like, in the near future. That's probably what they, they're going to have. But, like... Listen to me. That is Star Trek. I don't give a fuck with nobody. Oh, the symbol, without a doubt. Yeah, they definitely jacked it from exactly Star Trek. That is exactly what it is. not getting sued. The federal government's not getting sued. But what I wanted to say was, like... Um, they got the Space Force. I really think they should be concatenated with a Cyber Force. There's, you know, Cyber and um, and Space they work we're kind of related because we will need a Space... I'm sorry, Cyber... We have a Cyber Command. We're going to need a Cyber Force. But what I think we absolutely need, and I wrote this a long time ago in the Upgrade America handbook, we need a Life Force. Meaning we need a, a dedicated group, an army of doctors and nurses and, uh, and and people particularly for things of this nature, for the coronavirus, this would be their, it would have been their first mission, you know, is to be deployed to all these hot spots, immediate detainment, detainment, containment, yeah. and, and quarantine and advising, advising uh, you know, other uh, medical places on the ground. But then again, um, we, we, we need this to take care of our elderly, people as well we have an aging population and we need like i said armies of, of nurses 
and, and doctors and, and, and assistants because we have 45,000 people are dying, what, every year? I'm sorry, every month mm-hmm. in the lack of uh, health care? Or is it every month? I want to, or is it every year? I think it's every month. But but either way, it's like, um, we if private healthcare can't handle this, then we need a, a command to do that. And I, ideally, I would like volunteers, and I would only want them to volunteer one week a weekend a month, or not one weekend, but let's just say two days out of the month, so that you could do shifts and like slide yeah. people in. And then, and you know, two weeks out of the year, and then of course, um, you would have your full time people on on the life force as well. But you have to beat this thing up so we can address plagues like this in other situations in the future. But what about you? What are, what are your thoughts on on the life force? I think it's a brilliant idea. Um, something that needs to be implemented like as soon as you get in office one day. Um, I think it's innovative and I also think of rural areas because I grew up in a metropolitan area and I grew mm-hmm. up in rural areas as well. So they, those people tend to get left out a lot with this stuff. Um, so like I, I agree with the, with the rural areas and that's why part of their mission would be to be highly mobile. Mm-hmm. They could roll around and, um, you know, they could roll around and set up ad hoc hospitals anywhere in America or the, or the world for that matter. Yeah. Um, I like the concept. I agree with it. No beef with that at all. Um, I think it's innovative thinking. Um, we already got FEMA and stuff like this. So why can't we do this for a regular, like as a regular part of our society and then also for situations like that, for like this right now. So I think it will be dope actually. Well, I'll um, make the executive order. Just give me some time. But I do want to discuss your um, your master plan. I kind of very like that. I think, um, Go ahead, give us an overview. What? Of what? Your master plan. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So Cam and I were talking and I was thinking about with this virus thing going on, how it shuts down the economy. Mm-hmm. So how it affects businesses, employees, everybody. So I was thinking, well, why don't we have a pandemic insurance? Meaning we pay into this every year, everybody businesses, employees, everybody like that. So when stuff like this happens, we can still sustain ourselves until everything is cleared up. Private or government? Mm. I would say both have a standard government version and then have private as well. If you no, want I mean, to. Like, would this be a tax that's coming out of your check? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Store it yeah. up. Yeah. And, and or would private be like, yo, pay like one dollar or two dollars a month. If it hits the fan, you get X amount or whatever. You're saying both of these? Yeah, I, I say keep both options open. I would say sign everybody up as a standard because mm-hmm. you would get like more participation initially. So I would say do it through taxes and you can see it on your taxes. You know what I'm saying? When you do it, hey, pandemic is. Um, 
You raise a very valid point in the people who, if your job was in the MBA, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're not getting money until this, uh, you know, until it comes back. Well, I think, hold up, MBA, um, Major League Baseball, and hockey are guaranteed. So their money's good. Oh. And they're good. But NFL is different. Even though they have a union, they're they don't get paid per se like those other three leagues, major leagues. I'm not sure about soccer, major league soccer in the US. Interesting. Sure. Well that was just an example, but I'm sure there are other industries who have been impacted by this. Now mm-hmm. I do believe there's a bill that Pelosi was pushing out. If it was if anything was for emergency additional emergency leave for that and i think there's some there was some money for it but it's not exactly what you're saying like hey like you can't your job has pretty much been on hold due to some pending play you know mm-hmm. like yeah there should be some funds in place for for people for for that matter do you know if any fema funds can cover that or is that just a totally different pot of money handling other I think it's different. I think it's more like natural disasters, mm-hmm. not pandemics, though. But I think if it got bad enough, then it would turn into FEMA. I think. I think mm-hmm. that's how it would go. I would sign the bill. You know? I have no problem with that. And I totally agree with that idea. So we want the credit whoever sees this and implements this, private and government. Y'all shout out Upgrade America on this. No doubt, no doubt. But yeah, um, trying to think what else, like, anything else on your mind, man? Like, as far as, um, well, in general. No, I'm good, man. Like, weirdly enough, like, in the opening comments, I'm, like, kind of at peace. I'm just, like... No, Dan, I'm at peace too. It is what it is. Yeah. This is the end of the world, so be it. If not, then yo, many more episodes to come. <laughs> Thanks for everybody for hanging out with us on the greatest show on earth, Upgrade America. Enjoy your evening, wherever your day, wherever you're at in the world. Stay growing free and blessed, man. Catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace, Upgraders. Arr, arr. Yeah.